Oh, let's go. First day of the week where we really feel alive on a Tuesday. Welcome to the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, KJ, I texted with KJ. She said she was good for today, so she'll be jumping on with us here in just a bit. How was your night? How was your Monday? It was a great Monday. Watched a lot of that fantastic basketball game last night between Connecticut and NC State. How about old girl just dropping bombs in her post-game interview? I was like, oh. I'm all about it. Like, okay. I, for someone who is such an outspoken supporter of everyone deserves that equal plane in the sports world, dude, I completely spaced on that last night. I, I, I didn't hear anything until I'm sitting down after my wife fell asleep watching Finding Anna or the Netflix documentary that I was so excited about. And I was like, oh, we got to – I watched 10 minutes of this, and you're going to love it. you got to watch it. It's incredible. Oh, I listened to the podcast about it. It's great. You're gonna, it, it, she's got two different lives, or maybe she does. She's, she's a billionaire, or maybe she's not. And it's all true, but, but it might be a lie. She's like, okay, okay, calm down. Literally, she was out before we even reached like the scene where she goes to talk to her in the jail. It's like great. Have you watched this yet? I you, have not. You no. haven't. I was. It was between. <laughs> good sports guy, by the way. Stick to sports guy already in my head, bro. I thought this was sports talk radio. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that and the there's something about the the vegan and the woman who was like the great fraud. And they're saying no, she was mind washed, or brain mind washed, brainwashed. Have you seen this one at all? Who on mind washed her? Apparently, her boyfriend. Let's see, vegan Netflix doc, and see what I come up with. We watched the preview of it. I'm like, ah, oh, that looks pretty. Like bad vegan is what it's called. Bad vegan. I had no idea about this. I just watched the preview. I am a big, as is my eight-year-old now, whenever we decide, huh? And I'm not going to lie, dude. I hadn't clicked open Netflix in ages. Ages. But for some reason, not really as in probably to the women's final. No, you're fine. Women's final fours, I should be. I was Netflixing, but there was no chilling going on, unfortunately. It was just Netflix and sit there and watch everyone fall asleep whenever your pick. Hey, you guys got to watch this. Ends up putting everyone to bed. Mission accomplished, right? Well, I guess. Well, look at that. Who flipped that around? Partially so here that way. Partially so or not. KJ Kindler in the house. What's up, coach? Not much. You're What's not up? a big net. Well, you're not a big Netflix watcher, especially in season, right? I'm Hulu. Team Hulu. A <laughs> lot of. Is that my. I'm sorry. We're, I'm just sitting here totally unorganized. Um, there's a lot of really good Hulu documentaries that are out. But I don't know if we can talk about half of them on the air right now, right? I know, right? Okay. <laughs> well, so last night was the first time. I know, right? What's wrong with that microphone today? It's like attacking you. <laughs> um, last night was the first night where I, was, I popped on Netflix. I'm like, to see what's going on. And my pitch to my family, hey, this is what we should watch. Had them all asleep in 30 minutes. What did you pick? The Finding Anna. This uh, are you familiar no, with this story? Yes. Do okay. You, oh gosh, I watched it. Oh, you did? Wait, Finding Anna. Finding Anna. This was the fi- she was the Oh fi- no, no. Okay. The girl from Ozark plays Anna. Oh, got it. And has a horrifically obnoxious oh, no, accent. No. I I did watch oh! it. And you should not finish watching it. Is it, it that bad? <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Sorry. And I did the, watch it and she does have a t- 
What is happening on that? I don't know. And and the woman who plays the lawyer is the girl from My Girl. So yes. every single time I'm watching it, all I think of is Macaulay Culkin and the bee stings <laughs> the whole time. It's like an emotional roller coaster, Josh. Now I have to watch because <laughs> I have this fear of missing out happening right and now. And that was a family watch? I'm well, not well, sure about okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. Fa- family and wife and... 13-year-old daughter. Okay, just, okay. Who was immediately booted, I think, because it was her <laughs> bedtime. How have you been? Good. I, I hate – I'm I'll get back to sports guys so in my head right now. Um, we haven't had a chance to sit in the same room in a while. I know. You've been, you've been crazy travel. Well, you're at the stretch of your season, and I feel like every single Tuesday there's been something that's come up, but I'm pumped to be back in studio with you. Man, how's it been? Good. How's last week? Good week? Really good. Mm-hmm. Good week of practice. Everyone's really healthy. Um, we're excited to host. Ready to go. I heard a, a one quick other sidebar before we get into the nuts and bolts of the team. Two-sport athlete conversation came up this morning because someone was asking, hey, who's the next great two-sport athlete? You know, talking about Kyler and looking back at Bo Jackson. That's not really something you have to deal with very often in women's gym, is it? No. Yeah. No, it's not. But I think there's a lot of our um, athletes that have thought, you know, who got the extra COVID year, sure. that maybe I'd go play soccer or maybe I'll go do rowing or try Ooh. something else. Ah. Yeah, some have thought that. Anastasia actually wanted to do track. Really? What yeah. What event? Do I you know? know? I Is she no fast? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. I'll about it. You never have I mean, to gauge if someone's fast. fast. I don't know because she only runs 80 feet. <laughs> 80 feet. She was pretty fast in yeah, 80 she feet. She looked fast to me. Go put her in the 4 by 100 Let's see what happens. But but they have kind of a, a desire to maybe try something else or see if they're good at something else. Because in cool. gymnastics, I think you kind of dedicate your life to the sport and you don't, you don't often try everything. So we're going into a regional and we need a great crowd out there, number one. So you can get your ticket information, Soonersports.com, incredibly affordable. It's a big-time event. You're going to see some of the best uh, college gymnasts in the country, some of the best gymnasts in the world. Um, and this is all part of that path towards another national championship, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's step-by-step. Step. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's definitely um, steps we have to go through, and we take it one step at a time. So Thursday is that first step. From um, where this team needs to be heading – well. Pu- do you consider Big 12 part of postseason? I always do. Yeah. Yeah. So big postseason's already here. But is this team where you want it to be now as we're in the midst of the postseason? Yeah. I just feel like they're kind of firing on all cylinders. They're um, they're getting better. Um, they're certainly a- as healthy of a team as I've had in a really long time. I'm excited about that. Um, everybody seems to be very on board mentally, and uh, we're just excited. I mean – I don't know. We we were sitting talking as a staff, one of the uh, most talented teams we've had in, in several years, so from top to bottom. That's awesome. How – okay, can I peel back the curtain here a little bit? Yeah. Whenever we went out and did our show, you and your staff, Lou and Tom, you guys were sitting there meeting, and it was – I felt terrible because I'm like, I just walked in on a KJ coaches meeting. I'm in trouble. But it was very chill. You guys share ideas. Has that been kind of the, the key to how – the three of you, I mean, two, two of you kind of obvious, but the three of you have been able, been able to keep a great bond the yeah. way that you have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it was an incredibly chill, fun, idea-sharing environment, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, we just um, we just kind of bounce ideas and then, you know, tell each other ide- their ideas, what, you know, what might be a, a negative point or positive right. point on that or if that's a good thing or 
how, where we want the team to be. Like there's a lot of discussion like that because we all have different thoughts. And that's what's great about our staff, I think, <laughs> is that um, we're not all on the same wavelength. Right. Quite, honestly. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and so uh, different ideas from different people and we can kind of vet through those and and we always come to kind of a, a collective com- conclusion and are all on board with it. Yeah, it was it was really cool because not to give away too much, you were you were presenting an idea and, and Tom said, I don't know from that perspective if we could consider ourselves in that realm. Yeah. And it wasn't anything positive or negative. And you're like, Yeah, that's a good point. And I was like, Boy, let's go. Look at this. <laughs> Look at these minds coming together right now. But that's really there's always gotta be some give. There's always gotta be some take and that's a good, I think. Well, obviously, you've had success for years and years and years. It's worked. But I just think that's good lessons for everyone. You know, you're going to get in situations where you have really smart people around them, around you, use them, and you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that. And you're one of them, by the way. I just want to make, oh, that, very, make that very clear. I'm sorry <laughs> if that wasn't very clear. No, no. I mean, I, I just think that it's been great the way we've been able to collaborate and our minds are very different. But at the same time, we all, you know, at the end of the day can come together and agree. I think that's what a team does. So I think we're a good example for our team, too, because they can see that. They know that. They know that we all um, contribute in different ways. And, and yeah, those that's kind of how our discussions go. I loved it. I mean, I, it was really, really cool. Uh, if, if you need me to barge in again, I'll be happy to come okay, do so. Okay. 198.2 out of the Big 12. Um, how is that kind of trending with what you're seeing? Now, that's ridiculously good, right? You want to be above 198. But how is that trending with what you saw from some of the, the rivals, some of the contenders across their conference championship meets? Well, here's here's the thing. We tied Michigan 198.2. We tied Florida 198.2, winning the SEC championship. <laughs> So the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the SEC were one all with the same score, 198.2. And then uh, Utah won the Pac-12 with a 198 even. So this is like a really, really strong field. Obviously, you have different judges in different locations. It's hard to know exactly how you would match up unless you're on the same floor. But um, that should tell you a lot about the wow. strength of the field this year. That's that's crazy. I know. That's crazy parody. So on – was it Saturday or was it a week ago Saturday? At Big 12 championship. Livia Troutman uh, performed well. What's it been like integrating her back into the, the lineup and how she handled things? She just gives everyone a sense of confidence. You know, she just never wavers um, and you just count on her. You know, she's just one of those people that's – um, a sure thing, and so we we always love when she's out on the out on the floor because mm-hmm. she gives everybody else that little bit of swagger. This might, if this sounds corny, make fun of me, please. But she walks in the room even when you're just doing an interview, and you're like, okay, she's got mm-hmm. it. She's got a presence to yeah. her, right? There's mm-hmm. not an attitude, but you just know that she's she's on her game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she handles it. She ri- has an aura. Aura. <laughs> Aura. That's the word I was looking for. And then speaking of aura, there's Jordan Bowers, who is like this this beam of energy comes out, was named the newcomer of the year in the Big 12. What did you 
kind of seen in her her development? What what's been the key to her finding another level? Honestly, she has really grown a lot during the year. And I was saying at the beginning of the year that I really thought she was great. Um, and that's speaking to her potential, her talent, and all those things. But she has really refined what she's doing. Um, she she is doing. You know, we've talked about this as an elite gymnast. She's doing more numbers and more reps than she has ever in her life. So um, I think that those are really actually guiding her to to becoming a little sharper, um, a little better under the gun, under competition. Um, she had some issues early in the season with vault, for instance, mm-hmm. and bounce beam, and I think she's really um, thrown those aside and has been really consistent the last six meets. I don't. If we talked about this last week, I apologize, but one of my favorite people to talk to when we came by was Danny Seavers. Yeah. And you, you speak of just big personalities for a young kid. She has that, that voice. She's got a little rasp to her voice. Yeah. I mean, she is – and I, I don't know how she performed at the Big 12. I didn't see her among the, the, the uh, top finishers. But she is someone that's learned a lot this year, and that at least carries experience over to next year, right? She's a stud. And, you know, the only thing held her back was that injury she had in December. So she did win the Big 12 on floor. She tied, okay. she tied My Jordan bad. and I'm Reagan. sorry, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so she's doing three events really well for us right now. The only event she's not doing right now is Beam. That's actually the event she got injured on so we've been a little slower to to put that into her um her workouts but I will say she is going to be uh, I mean her and Jordan are like a one-two punch big time and not just what they do you know out there on the field or you know in practice but they have great per- big personalities um they're bought in they are leaders, definitely leaders. You can see it in them. They, they're going to be great throughout their career. Yeah. I, uh, it's really cool, man. You have a fun group, I think, is what was a big takeaway for me. But it also seems like they're very driven. And if there is one – I was talking about in the coaching triangle meeting that I saw. You, there's one person on my feet off another person. There's a different kind of energy here. And you know everyone kind of has a different approach What's the challenge then in, in, in meshing that, or do you just give the freedom to go be who you want to be? Um, no, they have the freedom to be who they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know what the collective goal is. You know, each meet we kind of come up with a theme and, and a way to kind of attack things. Um, and like I said, they're all in. They're all on board. So I think that team chemistry, you know, that's the one thing you've, you've really got to have if you want to win championships. Um, how about uh, the plan then? So everyone gets to sleep in their own bed? Everyone gets to relax? No, it's a, no, no, no. No. We're going to the hotel. Is that an NCA thing or no. is that a – No, that's a KJ thing. You like it better? Yeah, I do. Because I, I hotels, think, I'm not going to lie. I think being together, you know, um, when we're on campus, we're all kind of separate. Also, all their families are coming to visit and going gotcha. to all those things. And I think – um, honestly, I think the team with the least amount of distractions is the one that will come out on top. And I think we just need to be real dialed in and have the least amount of distractions. I like that idea. Strike strike my idea as an edge because I do like having – and you're still together because I think teams bond the most on the road. 
You are 100% really? correct. Look at me. Oh, yeah, like traveling, that is a big deal. Um, the things that happen when you travel, all the inside jokes, all the, thi- mm-hmm. all the things that go wrong usually, <laughs> those are the things you remember, right? right? We were running to our gate. We couldn't get through security. We, you know, whatever. So I, I do agree with that. Those trips, those are where they bond the most. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, we need, we need to pack this place this week. This is yeah. an awesome event that yeah. – Really, you haven't had a lot of time to prepare for, yeah. have you? Um, no, we've only had about three to four weeks. Oh, it's man. been crazy. Um, but I will say this, just so everyone knows, there's a Wednesday session from three at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I know that's tough to make, but that's West Virginia and Arizona, and they will – uh, the winner of that will go into our session on Thursday night. So, and on Thursday, there's two sessions: one at one o'clock in the afternoon, where you can see Cal Berkeley, Minnesota, Utah State, um, and one one other team in there, uh, Boise State. Boise, yeah. And and then the winners of that session will go on to Saturday, and then our session in the is in the evening. So it will be Arkansas, Arizona State, Oklahoma, and then the winner of the West Virginia. Uh, Arizona meet and the the top two teams will go on to Saturday so um, you're really you're seeing some of the best gymnastics in the NCAA Um, it's really cool I think to kind of see how it works our bracket and the bracket will be available up on the concourse so if you get a chance go ahead and stop by that so you can kind of understand how how our bracket works towards the championship because it's very similar to basketball or or any other mm. sport and I think nice. um, a lot of times you can't see that but we would love you know to have great attendance at all those events um, but of course you know the ones that we're in <laughs> of course <laughs> well, the sooner seven o'clock play. Thursday five o'clock Saturday. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Appreciate you. I know you're crazy busy, but it always means a lot to get you in here. Thank you. And talk about what's going on. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, a little college football to dive into next. Sorry, I was uh, down Nostalgia Road during the commercial break there, Josh Helmer. The uh, I follow Alvin Poo Williamson on the Book of Faces, and I realized I haven't logged into Facebook in a minute. So during the break, it's like, am I missing anything? What a horrible question to ask yourself. Am I missing anything because I haven't logged on to Facebook in a while? What Said did no you one ever. discover? Well, ac- actually, um, Pooh last night had reposted re- a video from the University of Tulsa that looked at two defining moments. And it's kind of funny because both of them happened when I was in college. But yet you look at them now, and both of them look like they happened 75 years ago with the technology right. we have then versus now. And I don't want to joke. Say, <laughs> Is it like it happened 30 years ago? It did. It, it did. It did. It absolutely happened 30 years ago. <laughs> so feel old. But no, no, no. Two three-pointers that changed TU basketball. 1994. Lou Dawkins, corner three against Oklahoma State. The following year, Pooh Williams. I think it was... I haven't got. A, I think it was a step back on like Kwame Harris. There was a Illinois guard that was really good, Garrett Harris, and Pooh knocked it down and won the game. Moving on, baby. Buckets. So yeah, now I'm in a college basketball nostalgic kick here on the Plank Show during commercial breaks. Uh, thank you to KJ Kindler, who comes in every single Tuesday with us, and it's been really fun. She, I literally, in the midst of the madness that she's dealing with, still finds time to swing by and hang out with us. And honestly, if you're just looking at the biggest story in the sports world, I guess yesterday, Josh, as a place that dubs itself the home of Sooner fans, 
We ended up with a lot of availability yesterday from Oklahoma Sooner football. And I, don't, I mean, I've got a lot of it to share during the show today, but I, I feel like Brent Venables is being very calculated in how he addresses what he's seen so far because you don't want anything necessarily negative, right? You're, you're, but then again, you also don't want to be over the top and be like, oh, man, this guy is going to be the next Clee Farrell or this is the next Isaiah Simmons, or this is the next Trayvon Mullen, or hey, look out, did I already say Isaiah Simmons? Uh, here comes the next whatever beast that Tanner Muse, right? I mean, I just notice I, I know a lot about these Clemson defensive players because the Raiders drafted half of them. But, I mean, the point is that he's being very, I think, not careful, but kind of keeping that as, as overly enthusiastic and – uh, contagious that enthusiasm is from Brent Venables. Uh, it's also being very kind of, all right, listen, it's spring ball here, and we still have a long way to go. Got a long way to go, and the comparisons game can get you in trouble. Yeah, thank you. We, I mean, it wasn't too long ago we saw that with Brendan Radley-Hiles. I, I think the worst thing that ever happened to him was that comparison that got made to Roy Williams. Yeah, was that – I don't want to name names on that one, but whenever the idea was laid out that you're gonna you're gonna have eleven guys, you're gonna have eleven. What was it? Ten guys doing their assignment and forty four Pookie running around just making plays. I think it's a, yeah, it's, it's gonna be like Roy Williams out there. Okay, but um, here was well the the opening statement. N- not a ton here, but here was the opening statement from Coach Venables yesterday. Uh, during his press conference. And again, not anything overly shocking, not anything overly concerning, I think. Oh, why is this not playing? Is this not playing? Just so you all know, the Baker Mayfield will will do uh, his presentation at halftime uh, that day. And as opposed to after the game, I think maybe it was discussed uh, that it would be. And then, as you all know, it's a huge day for us for recruiting. You know, I'm going to need all of our fans and going to have to uh, fill that place up, man. Bring your families and um, have a good old time. So um, with that, I'll just open this up uh, for, for questions. All right, listen, no one wants – unfortunately, there's not great audio on the mic side of it. But as I said many times on this program since the announcement of the spring game, I understand – I know Kendall always gets mad at me – but whatever you can do to get out there, get out there. If – if you've been a Sooner fan, that and gas prices suck right now for those of you coming from Tulsa or from Dallas, but even in the Norman OKC area, Moore area, Chickasha area, maybe during the regular season, ticket prices can get a little bit too high. Maybe it's harder to, to get in, whatever it might be. It's a great opportunity to go out and not only support Sooner football, but do so, Josh, with the idea that you're helping out because you're creating an environment for these recruits to see to kind of understand what OU football is all about. It is huge. The coaching staff has put a clear big emphasis on this spring game for its recruiting efforts to try and pack this thing down. But more importantly, well, I shouldn't say more importantly, but in addition to that, this is a spring game that should have as much excitement or more excitement than any spring game in recent memory. Do you know what it also could be? So the spring game is April 23rd. 
The draft is then that Thursday after. So 4th, 25th, 26th. Is that the 27th? I think the 28th is when the draft Thank you. starts. Thank you. But, I mean, there is a chance that it could also be the first time anyone hears from Baker Mayfield since the Deshaun Watson saga. Now, that has nothing to do with this game. <laughs> or, But I think it's also kind of cool to be able to Oh gosh, I can. Do you want to break out like the sappy music for this, or if sure? You want, if you want to, if, I, I was saying earlier, coach might want to call me corny, but this is really, really. And I was thinking about this last night, but it's also an opportunity to show Baker how appreciated he is. Too, too much. Because no, I think that's right. I, I, I uh, you can make fun of me on that on the Air Comfort Solutions text line if you want at six five one. Three four three nine. But when things aren't going well, trust me, as someone in life who has experienced this before, um, when things aren't going well, you want to surround yourself with people that make you feel better. Or even maybe sometimes when you're down. It's like, gosh, I've had a bad day. Now, I'm lucky. I get to work with Josh Helmer every single day. We never have a bad day. But in Syria, there might be some times when I come in and I need to pick me up. Josh is there. Same. I hope it works the same way with me for you. No doubt. I don't know. But you want to be around people that build you up. And I don't know if anyone builds up Baker Mayfield quite like Oklahoma Sooner football fan. So can you imagine what it shows to the rest of the country if at a Baker Mayfield statue unveiling? After Cleveland just – Cleveland! The Cleveland Browns, of all people, had the audacity to look at Baker Mayfield and say, he ain't good enough, man. We can do better. Get get on out of here. Yeah, we're paying you sick. Get on out of here. Basically, they gave him the, uh, they gave him the leveling up, and I think it's a moment where the rest of the country looks and says, "Oh, okay, well, Oklahoma's still pretty crazy about Baker Mayfield, and they always will be. Seventeen will always be that year where you you can't help but think it got away, right?" I was listening to Andy Staples, and he brought it up and got my mind thinking about it this morning. But yeah, I mean, maybe a corny angle to it. Maybe you make fun of it, and that's fine. I'll take – I can take your bullets. But it's an opportunity where you can say, yeah, Cleveland's an idiot. We can't wait to support you in Seattle or Pittsburgh or Vegas or wherever it might be. But for now, you're our bleeping guy. Let's go. I just – I was thinking about it last night a little bit and just how brutal this has to be to go through when you went from being – and I understand. I understand. I get it because there's someone saying, well, give me $16 million and you can say or do whatever you want to me. I'm in that group too, all right? And maybe it's a baker that comes back and I doubt it. But it's still, it's the Cleveland Browns basically telling you you aren't good enough for them anymore. The team that you gave a win to for the first time in two years and whom you embrace and you put your family in. So, yeah, I think it's a big moment for Baker to, to know how – love that dude truly is and how I still think he's a rock star. I, th- I still think he's got a chance to go out and do some special things, but we'll see. It's a massive fork in the road in Baker Mayfield's career. Number one overall draft pick yep. that Cleveland spent to bring you there. And now, of course, they're moving on. The type of emotions that Baker has probably been going through, I don't think probably anybody but Baker really understands that so you probably can't put a price on how important it will be for Baker it's 
look, it's not going to complete a pass to a wide receiver. It's it's not going to win any NFL games for him next season. But just from a mental standpoint, to see the way this Gaylord family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium crowd still loves and adores Baker Mayfield right. when basically you've got a Cleveland Browns fan base that's kicked you to the curb. Not everybody in the Cleveland Browns fan base, I'm not saying that, but it is a large percentage that has turned their back on you yep. to see that that's never going to be the case here mentally what that can do to uplift Baker. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not completing a pass for you. It's not winning a football game for you. But from a mental standpoint, I do think it's really important for him. So other than my sudden desire to show Baker how appreciated he is and Brent Venables pushing to get you out to the spring game, how has the install gone how has things looked so far in practice? Let's get to the nuts and bolts of it next. Josh was in on women's college hoops last night. I was up on watching save, Finding, Saving Anna, whatever it is. I'm, I'm hooked. Inventing Anna? Inventing Anna, sorry. What I just – Hiding Anna. I'm going to give it every single name but its actual name. Dude, sometimes, though, it's wild. You open up Netflix and you haven't done it in a minute. Like I think I talked about the last time I did it on the air. It was like – January or February. You've been busy, dude. Yeah, it's been crazy. And you open it up and suddenly like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. And you start to watch a little bit of it. You're like, wait, what about that other one I wanted to watch? I could completely get lost for a couple days. Options upon options. All right. Uh, we do have a guest today. DJ Sanchez is joining us at 1035. We're going to talk a little pitching with DJ here on The Plank Show. First thing that comes to mind when you hear this song. Oh, come on. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. All right. For me, Mall Cop. The opening of Mall Cop when he's when he comes out of his garage. Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I don't want to go back and watch it because I know how much I watched it when my what year did that come out? It had to be. Take let a, me take a guess. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm gonna say like mid to late 2000s. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna I, say. 2008. Oh, it was 2009. God! I, I was blown away. Because I was thinking about how much I watched Mall Cop when it came out. Because, so, two, oh gosh, math. So, my son would have been like six. So, he was all about it. My youngest was one. Was our other daughter. My other daughter wasn't even born yet. So, we were a Mall Cop family. And then Mall Cop 2 came out, and oh my gosh. Kevin James, baby. But yes, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is a very good. Well done, Electric Light Orchestra, in a tune that permeated through two iconic movies. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think I can sell Mall Cop as iconic, but... No, well, you, you can with hey, me. welcome to my show. All right, we got a lot to get to on the program today. I mentioned DJ Sanchez is going to join us. I've, I don't think we've had DJ on the show before, and we're sitting there calling softball this weekend, and I realized with as much as we talk about the sport on this show, let's start getting more people on that I work with. So DJ's going to join us coming up in a bit. <laughs> I will say there's two other guests that could potentially fall out, but I don't want to jinx anything. Because I've already jinxed it for the better part of, what are we on, like year seven, 
and they've never shown up. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. I got the, oh, yeah, dude, that time will work okay. And then I'm like, yeah, you want me to call you or you call us, and I'm still waiting for a, a bounce back Figurative on knock on wood. Not, there you go. So I mentioned before the break, the first question out of the gate when Brent Venables did his media availability yesterday centered around, and understandably so, the installation and kind of where they are right now in the start of spring ball. Yeah, um, as far as the installation, uh, in typical fashion, you, you lay it out there and you have a pretty aggressive um, installation pattern on paper, and then you start uh, working and uh, practicing and uh, and you slow down a little bit. And so for all the reasons you can go down, like whether you're somewhere and you're returning and you have a foundation set and you have a culture uh, and you have a lot of experience coming back, I'm, that's how it always is. Or the flip side is when we're, we're trying to learn. We, we've been watching these guys with, out of their helmets, uh, you know, in, in T-shirts and shorts for, you know, eight weeks. And now you get who's in what jersey numbers. I'm, Calling them by their jersey, 26, 29, 1, 77. Who are these guys? And um, so not as never as fast as you want it to be installation-wise, um, but we had an aggressive game plan and uh, just making adjustments as we go in typical fashion. And uh, at linebacker, uh, don't have great depth there. Um, I just want to make sure I got this down here. We have 12 returning starts at linebacker. Uh, so not much experience there, um, but it's a group that's really hungry. Um, we've got we've got good enough players there to play at a really high level. We just got to get them in the right spots. They're on the bus right now. We got to get them in the in the right seats, and uh, and and see who can separate. You know, at the end of the day. So it's been a good uh, good first couple of days. So um, you want me to talk about you want to ask about individual guys there? Or? Here, I would, uh, by the way, those twelve reser- returning starts, just one guy, then, right? Because that's Deshaun White starts last year. Yeah, and I guess he's only talking about from last season right. because obviously fourteen, twenty-four, yeah, just scroll to his games that he yeah, started. scroll to his stats. They'll have the game started right. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he started thirty-six games in his career. His Look at that, fifty-one hey. of them. <laughs> That would have been easier, but my live on-air math was pretty. Hey, we couldn't figure out, we couldn't figure out how to scroll down to get the screen capturing thing. So sometimes it takes us a little time. I don't on. think my phone has it. <laughs> <laughs> so Deshaun White would be probably that guy, right? That you've seen in that group. If I, I was trying to put it together as this process plays out, and I'm sure I haven't listened to to Gabe and Teddy's pod this week, but you're looking at. Nine dudes that are in that outside, that edge rush, defensive end, outside backer room, right? And I don't think there was any necessary surprises in that room. So then that would lead you to believe that the rest of those backers are working inside. And did Aguebu didn't start a game last year, did he? I don't think so. No, he did. Yeah. He, started, he okay. started four. Okay. So maybe he's been shuffled somewhere else. I. Right? Because if you're talking about only nine starts in that backer room, well, let's, let, let's listen to what Brent Venables has to say when he talks about some of the individual guys. Yeah, so between Trey and TD and uh, uh, Jaron and uh, Kobe and uh, my uh, East Texas 10, Kit, okay, Kip, 
Kip, uh, that group. I think is there anybody else? I think that's it for as far as new guys there. Um, again, they're runner and hitter. They're runners and they're hitters. Um, really, again, obviously TD and Trey bring a lot of experience. They've played a lot of football, started a lot of football games, and have played at a high level. And um, so, you know, getting our packages, you know, together and things like that is where we're at with with those guys and the young guys. Just teaching them. There's a language barrier for everybody. But particularly, that can stunt your growth as a as a young player. You haven't played much football, and so the older guys have an advantage there, obviously. And the younger guys have been again very eager and have flashed, have uh, shown some, uh, you know, the ability. And now we just got to make sure that we keep things simple for them, meet them where they're at, and help them along. Yep. So, man, that is a group at linebacker, right? Um, they don't have anyone listed ILB, right? I don't think they do. Hold on. I'm just double-checking on the roster real quick so I don't sound like a dummy saying this. But, you know, you're – save your jokes about sounding like a dummy. I don't need to hear it today. But you're dealing with, you know, names like T.D. Roof as a newcomer. He mentioned Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, Jaron Mechanic. What? Jaron Kanick. <laughs> no, you you just created it. That's what we have to refer to him as going forward. That's his nickname, <clears throat> Jaron the Mechanic. Uh, so there's a lot of dudes in that mix, but also in that same vein, a lot of guys <laughs> that haven't played. That's great. <laughs> so I can understand the frustration. All right, I got more from Brent. I can't believe it's only 948 on this show today. I got much more from Brent Venables yesterday. I, I will say, though, there was one take that seemed to get everyone a little bit triggered yesterday, and it didn't come from a coach. It came from a player, and we'll tell you about it next. I got Danny Stutzman. I got more BV. We got Miguel Chavis. This ended up being a little bit more football-y than I thought it would be in the first hour, but I'm not complaining about it. And now you and I have discovered a mystery Go that exists. Uh-oh. Is Trey playing linebacker, or was that a slip-up? Because he said it twice. And, I, I again, I don't know – there might be a nickname or two in there where someone someone becomes like a tray. But I I texted Teddy and asked him. And because, I don't know if they talked about it yesterday. I apologize if they did. Because Trey Morrison, I mean, obviously was strictly a defensive back at North Carolina. And he goes 5'9", 185. So, I mean, he's not – when you look at the inside backer weights for the Oklahoma Sooners, and again, this might not be a good way to look at it, he's not in that Danny Stutzman range as far as 6'3", 234. I mean, the lightest linebacker they have is a freshman in Kip Loose, and he's 196. Dude, Canick's already 222. Let's go. Well, and remember – he was very impressive from day one, what he's been doing in the weight room. And, you know, when, when I look at true freshmen and can they get on the field outside of maybe the wide receiver position, because that's the one where maybe you could just be athletic enough to get out there, regardless of what you're doing physically. How you perform in the strength and conditioning program is probably the biggest telltale sign on whether or not legitimately you're going to see some snaps in a true freshman season, and Jaron Canick, from the moment he arrived, you've got coaching staff members raving about what he's doing. So that tells me he's got a chance, man. <laughs> he's got a chance. If it clicks upstairs, I don't think it's crazy to say that 
he could see some serious snaps this season. So, again, got a little mystery there. Got a little mystery. But more people, I thought, were either had the mystery added to or got a I saw a lot of angry people at kick returns yesterday. Who would have thought a special teams conversation, Josh, in the middle of spring ball would bring out some of the torches and what were the pitchforks as they did on Twitter yesterday. Gosh, that's such an old reference. When was the last time you saw anyone break out a pitchfork in frustration over anything? I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks. Probably Beauty and the Beast the last time I watched that. I think so. Yeah. But the whole whole Billy Bowman kick return quote that started to make the rounds, it's like, oh, um, that that did not make people very happy. But, I mean, are you shocked that Oklahoma wasn't very committed? To the kick, they never returned a kick until later in the season. Quote, being moved around a lot probably cost me some opportunities at different spots. This year, his focus is on safety and potentially returning kicks. I know that we talked about it a lot last year. Nothing on him being playing the linebacker, was there? No, I, no. I was trying to figure out North Carolina, their starts over the course of the season. Oh, I see season. what you're saying. Okay. Um, but it it kind of shows you how maybe frustrating it was. And, boy, if there's one thing I've learned from Ted is just how, for freshmen, you start swimming upstream whenever you're trying to learn everything and you get into that second semester and oof, well, you, you get towards the end of the first semester maybe is a better way to put it. And you're – it's hard. And so it makes you – so many times as a fan, we're excited about, oh, Kobe McKenzie and Jared Kanick. And Kip I, Lewis. Kip Lewis. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for a Billy Bowman, a fresh, a Danny Stutzman. And everyone's crazy about Stutzman. But dudes that now finally have an opportunity after a year of understanding what that pressure and moment is like. Okay. Um, hour one of the books. Hour two next.